Welcome to Osborne Clark's Media Matters podcast. My name is Jamie Heatley and I'll be your host. This is a podcast where we catch up with some of our experts in the media and entertainment sector and take a look at some of the key developments and market trends. In this podcast, we're taking a look at gambling regulation in the UK and I'm pleased to be joined by Ben Nicholson, one of our resident gambling experts. Ben, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jamie. Good to be here. So gambling has for a long time been a heavily scrutinised area, but in the past few months, we've seen a whole wave of new proposals. And the most recent, of course, is the government's gambling white paper. I'm sure this is on the radar of anyone in the industry, but can you give us a sense of what the government's trying to achieve and, and what the paper covers? Yeah, sure. I mean, the the whole sort of reason that this has come, come uh, sort of into play is that the Gambling Acts from 2005, it's it's been sort of described as an analogue piece of le- legislation for a digital age. So reform was needed. That piece of legislation came in when we didn't all have smartphones in our pocket. So that there's a real need to to update the legislation for the for the digital age. And um, a lot of the a lot of the proposals are around sort of safety and protecting customers um and there are there's sort of six areas really main areas of reform um the uh, as i say a lot of this is around online protection so to, to sort of delve into these different different pieces we have um there's a proposal that there will be financial risk checks on customers that lose a certain amount of money so at the moment the thinking is if someone loses 125 pounds a month or 500 pounds a year that triggers a background check on that person for example to see if they have sort of county court judgments against their name or something or there are other indicators of um, financial vulnerability okay. um, there are other proposals around sort of stake limits and things like this so that um, there's talk about having um, a, a maximum stake limit of perhaps between two and 15 pounds on, on online slots mm-hmm. so that's sort of in terms of online protection and then there are um, other proposals in terms of marketing and advertising and for example taking a look at the the design of sort of free bets and bonuses and how these are targeted at customers restrictions on vip schemes and there are also um some proposals around sports sponsorship which um we can can chat about in a bit more detail later and in addition to that they're looking at the gambling commission's powers so the, they want to give the the gambling commission a bit more power um, in order to tackle sort of unregulated activity, and um, they also are looking to um, introduce an independent ombudsman for for customer complaints. Um, again, coming back to sort of customer safety, there's a big focus on children. There's a there's a feeling that children are seeing too many gambling adverts. They are able to gamble too easily, so they're uh, looking at raising the age limit for all gambling products to 18, um, okay. which recently happened with the with the national lottery, and then those sort of financial risk checks and lower stake limits that I just mentioned for 18 to 24 year olds, they want to have lower limits for, for those individuals. Uh, and lastly, there are sort of some reforms around the, the land-based gambling sector as well. So, I mean, you can see there's a whole different raft of of, of, of things that will um, that have been proposed, but the thing to bear in mind is this white paper is not the the end position. So there are going to be a whole swathe of consultations right, um, okay. from the Gambling Commission um, and DCMS 
um, and that will sort of that will inform a lot of the actual detail um, of the regulatory reform. Got you. Okay. Yeah. So pretty broad, but quite quite early stages. Yeah. Um, so I mean, one of the, one of the kind of big themes there is um, the, the link between gambling and sports and sports sponsorship, and obviously you know sports governing bodies and clubs and lots of others generate a lot of revenue through gambling sponsorship deals. Kind of digging into that in a bit more detail, what does the white paper say about gambling sponsorship of sports and are there any other you know developments in that space that we should be aware of? Yeah, so I mean for for some time now there's been a bit of pressure on um sports and, and gambling sponsorship, especially in football. There are a lot of gambling sponsorship deals in the football mm -hmm. space. Um, and there's there's pressure sort of from the media politically from gambling harm groups that, that, that there's just too much of it and obviously children watch a lot of sport so it, it's quite a hot topic yeah. and coming up to the publication of the white paper there was you know, rumors that there might be a ban on sports sponsorship but then what happened is just before the publication there was a um, a voluntary ban came into force um, announced by the premier league so the Premier League uh, has said that from the 26, uh, 2026 to 2027 season, from the beginning of that season, front of shirt sponsorship will no longer be allowed for gambling advertising. Interesting, mm -hmm. you're still yeah. going to have perimeter advertising and you, you're, still, you're still permitted to um, uh, have sponsorship on the sleeve um, of, uh, of a football shirt. But um, it was just a step that the, the Premier League has sort of voluntarily taken um, in order to tackle this and the the white paper itself does deal with this and it's a bit of a tricky issue and the white paper acknowledges this it actually says that um so, so in order to inform this white paper there were um 16,000 um submissions uh, and uh yeah some of these submissions were from sporting bodies um and the the government has sort of said you know it acknowledges that a lot of sports are dependent on this gambling revenue. Uh, yeah, it, sort of of, it does pump a lot of money into the sport. So to give you know a bit of a context to that, for the three leagues below the Premier League, so the um, Championship, League One and League Two, um, it's approximately 45 million a year that these leagues receive from gambling sponsorship. And wow. you know the, the, the title sponsor of the the, the leagues is, is a gambling operator. And um, yeah, the, the white paper said, itself said that some sports have said they were sort of close to dependent on this gambling sponsorship. Now, mm. you've got to sort of balance that sort of commercial need for this for this money uh, to keep the games afloat um, against the, the reform. And what, what the government has said is that it wants the sporting bodies themselves to come together and produce one code um, for, for uh, sports sponsorship and gambling going forward they've given them some sort of ideas some principles so some of the the things include um having kit without sponsor logos for for under 18s or for for those who just object to, to wear gambling sponsors you know for, for example for religious reasons and okay. um, no gambling advertising visible from family areas in the stadiums mm -hmm. um and then uh other things sort of a, a proportion of sponsorship inventory needs to be used for safer gambling messaging um, yeah. and uh, also a commitment that sponsorship will only come from entities that have a gambling commission license because at the moment um, 
gambling operators that are based outside the UK can sponsor uh, uh, teams in, in the UK. And we see, we see that a lot in the, in the Premier League. So it's quite interesting, I think, that it's sort of given this to the governing bodies and the governing bodies now have quite a tough task in that, you know, they, they have, some of them have said, you know, they're, they're quite close to dependent on this mm. money, but they're going to have to introduce some reforms uh, themselves. Um, and just the last point to note on that sponsorship piece is it's not clear how this will be enforced at the moment, this new code of conduct. The government okay. suggested it could be the governing bodies or it could go into sort of the, the main gambling regulatory framework. Got you. So it could be kind of a self-regulatory system or a external regulator. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, interesting. And it's a bit like the tension with kind of um, HFSS food advertising as well, which is obviously yeah. you know, very valuable, but also needs to be restricted in some respects. Um, so then picking up again, kind of on that theme of um, sports sponsorship, but also, um, you know, how, how that's um, consumed by audiences. I mean, a, a lot of my work is with um, broadcasters and are there any particular issues raised in the white paper or in, in other recent developments in a in a broadcast context? Will I mean, any of this affect broadcasters or, or kind of broadcast advertising? So broadcast advertising um, for gambling looks to have come out of the white paper um, unscathed. The, okay. the white paper said that actually there are very low um, so sort of levels of, of complaints and breaches of the rules um, in the broadcast space because they're sort of so heavily regulated anyway. Sure. And there are also rules in, in place anyway in relation to gambling. So, um, for example, most gambling adverts cannot be shown before the 9 p.m. watershed. Mm. You've also got the, in a sports context, you've got the whistle-to-whistle ban. So gambling adverts can't be shown from the period which is five minutes before kickoff or before start of the, the sporting event until five minutes after and yeah. the, the, the research that came in in um, 2019 and the, the research has shown that sort of seen a dramatic fall in in the number of adverts that children are seeing that was sort of the the reason for that that being uh sort of brought into force so yeah. they're, they're actually sort of they were they seem sort of fairly happy and they said if we do have more regulation then you're actually if, if you so if you say everything has to go 9 p.m then you're gonna uh, post 9 p.m you're then just gonna have way more adverts 9 p.m and it might actually just sort of saturate it to to a time when people that are sort of potentially more vulnerable to gambling those adults at sort of late at night it's, it's a typical time that problem gamblers gamble if they're mm, being bombarded with more that actually could cause more harm so yeah. they yeah they've said that their wording was it's not proportionate at this time so for the moment we're not seeing anything in, in the broadcast space, but sort of if, if we look at perhaps sort of more in the like in a, in a streaming context or um, sort of any online sort of providers, it's we could perhaps see some some change there. The the reason I say that is that generally with with, with gambling advertising, so that, that the ASA expects that if there is technology available for you to exclude under 18s from from seeing gambling adverts that, that you should use it um, yeah. and that that sort of technology would be sort of more available in an online space but you know the white paper doesn't doesn't sort of deal with that specifically but so it's sort of a, a watch this space on that one but from a broadcast perspective it looks like it will be business as usual yeah that's really interesting and also with the shift towards a lot more connected tv um advertising and and internet delivery of 
of broadcast content it is possible now to you know to target a lot more closely and and also to restrict i suppose advertising on a much more kind of one-to-one -one basis so it'll be interesting to to see what happens there and how that influences things like gambling regulation yeah. um so given all of that what's 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 kind of coming up next what's the next step and and how can how can people in the industry submit their their views on any of this so it's going to a series of consultations now there are a, a whole host of different consultations on all the sort of measures i, I mentioned at the beginning um, and some of these will be run by DCMS. Some of them are by the Gambling Commission. Um, they've said that the main, the main sort of crux of those consultations they want to complete um, uh, fairly soon. But given that we sort of waited two and a half years or three years, whatever it was, for the white paper, I'm sort of not holding my breath on any sort of massive movement um, very quickly. Um, uh, the Gambling Commission has a lot of work to do on this, um, but yeah, it's it's for the moment it's watch this space, but also you can get involved in the consultations um, as and when they they land. Um, if if you do want to, uh, to to make any submissions. Great, thanks, Ben. That was really fascinating, I thought, and definitely a, a fast-moving area to keep an eye on. Um, so that's all for this time. Um, for more updates and discussions on interesting media topics like this, head to the Media Matters page on our website. Thanks very much and see you next time.